Well, good morning and welcome to Noah's Window. I'm talking for two or three days on prophecies in the Old Testament about the coming of Jesus into our world. Back in, I think it was 1994, I did a whole Christmas series of messages called Christmas Forecast. And it was about all the prophecies in the Old Testament. As I shared with you yesterday, prophecy had a big impact on me as my faith was developing. Because as I saw that God so often forecasted the future, in fact, one-fourth of the Bible was prophecy when it was written. When I saw all the fulfilled prophecies in the Bible, it was very clear to me that only God could have pulled that off. Well, right now, as we're thinking about these prophecies that specifically forecast the coming of Jesus into our world, uh, we're looking at the prophet Isaiah, and this is Isaiah's clear lens part two, because amazingly, Isaiah was able to see Jesus coming into the world through the lens of prophecy some 750 years before Jesus was born. You know, Isaiah has so many prophecies about Jesus that many Bible scholars called Isaiah the fifth gospel. Um, and so today I want to just focus on Isaiah chapter 9 and verses 6 and 7 because they, they talk to us about Jesus coming into our world. But what's beautiful about this specific prophecy is it talks about different time frames. Right now, Mary Alice and I are reading through the Old Testament and especially the prophets. And we're often amazed at how many times that there's a prophecy and within one paragraph, God talks about a near-term fulfillment, something that's going to be fulfilled in the next 30, 40, 50, 60 years. Uh, a fulfillment that would happen in the life of Christ or the New Testament era, which might be five, six, seven hundred years later. And then in the same breath, all of a sudden the prophets will begin to talk about things that are going to happen in our future that haven't happened yet. Well, we certainly have this about Jesus in Isaiah 9, 6 through, uh, well, 6 and 7 at least. Let's look at these two verses. The Bible says, a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. And then I love this little tag on that. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Well, I could, I could preach for months on that text and I couldn't exhaust it all. But let's just start with this. The Bible says, unto us a child is born, or to us a child is born. Well, that's Bethlehem. That's when Jesus was born as a baby into our world. Yesterday, we looked at Isaiah 7, 14, where Isaiah said, a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. So a child is born to us. Well, that would be Bethlehem. But the next phrase says, a son is given to us. That's Calvary. You remember John three sixteen? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Now let's read that again. A child is born to us. That's Bethlehem. A son is given to us. That's Calvary. Well, if you look at those first two clauses in Isaiah 9, verse 6, those things have already happened. Jesus has been born. Jesus died on the cross. But now notice how the prophet shifts gears. The government will rest on his shoulders. That hasn't happened yet. All you have to do is watch the news and the crazy stuff that's happening, not just in the United States, but around the world. And it's very clear right now, the government is not on Jesus' shoulders, but it will be. 
Remember I talked to you about that line from Handel's Messiah, where the kingdoms of this world have just now become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. Well, that's in the middle of tribulation. So when we look at the government resting on his shoulders, that's yet to come. That's when Jesus begins his rule and reign on the earth. Now, what I love especially about this particular prophecy is that God sort of fleshes out what it will look like when Jesus rules and reigns on his earth. And that's what the rest of this text is doing for us. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. A better translation would be the Father of Eternity. In other words, when Jesus came into our world, suddenly eternal life was possible. The Father of Eternity, the Prince of Peace. And then I love this, his government and its peace will never end. As a student of history, I've looked through time past as well as I could and noticed that on a few occasions, unfortunately few occasions, there have been times where there were good rulers, good authorities, good government, but it always came to an end. There would always be a time when the human sinfulness of that country or that region would gravitate toward evil. And you know, bad government tends to last a lot longer than good government. But what I love about Jesus' kingdom, it says, his government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David. Look at this, for all eternity. And just in case we wonder how this could possibly happen, the prophet Isaiah wrote this little tag that we looked at a moment ago. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. Why do I celebrate Christmas? I, I talked about that the other day. Why do, why do I celebrate Christmas? It's so much more than just the birth of Jesus. The birth of Jesus is a huge part of it because it's, it's part of God's narrative of God sending his son into the world to pay for our sins. He was born in Bethlehem, the child of a virgin mother. God is his father, so he was human and God at the same time. He lived that life that you and I can't live, and then he paid for our sins on the cross, and he rose from the grave. But that's not the end of the story. I celebrate Christmas because of what's yet to come. I celebrate because Jesus not only came into the world to pay for our sins and make a way for us to be right with God, Jesus is coming back to make this world everything that God intended for it to be. And you and I are going to be part of it. Whether, whether time elapses and we wind up dying physically and going to stay with Jesus until he comes back, or if we're still here on the earth when Jesus comes back and we'll go right into the kingdom. It is exciting to think about Jesus ruling and reigning. Um, <laughs> ever since I've been a child, I've always looked at that um, line. It says he will be called wonderful. I've always tried to imagine Jesus' first press conference. You know how the press is. You know, they want to crowd in on a leader and ask what his or her agenda is going to be. I often think about when Jesus comes back, overcomes all the armies of the world in Armageddon, rides into the city of Jerusalem and we're with him. And I see all the world's media there interviewing Jesus saying to him, sir, what's going to be your agenda? And you start thinking about the agenda of the king. There's no more death, no more sickness, no more crime, no more pain, no more poverty, no more racism. And I, I, I think about those reporters rushing out of the room and filing their story. And the headline the next day says, he's wonderful.
Well, he is wonderful, and we don't have to wait for that moment. We can celebrate that today. So I hope that I hope these prophecies in, in the book of Isaiah uh, have been a blessing to you and a confirmation. And of course, I didn't even get to Isaiah 53, which is such a clear picture of Jesus dying on the cross. It's such a clear picture that in Jewish synagogues, they won't read Isaiah 53. They'll skip. They'll in their reading of the prophets, they'll go from chapter 52 to chapter 54 because chapter 53 is so clearly a picture of Jesus. Isaiah had a real clear lens. God gave him the picture of Jesus coming into our world and knowing that Jesus is returning, we saw today the best is yet to come. Father God, thank you for all of the prophecies and the promises that we have in your word. And even though the world's in a painful place today, I guess as it's always been since the Garden of Eden, and Adam's sin, we know that the day is coming when Jesus will rule and reign. And thankfully, those of us who have put our confidence in him will be right there with him forever. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, thanks for joining us today on Noah's Window. Tomorrow, I'm going to leave the book of Isaiah, and I'm going to go to the very last chapter of the Old Testament to show you something really cool. I'll see you tomorrow.